Hi, welcome to Table Pancakes. I'm Shelby. I'm Catherine. Welcome to episode, what is it, five? We're at five. Welcome to episode five. We're happy you're here. This episode is recorded remotely. Catherine is in New York and I am in New Orleans. In a walk-in closet in New Orleans. Yeah, I'm getting some good acoustics in the closet in New Orleans. Um, I've been here for, you know, like the past week or so. So let's check in. How are you? I'm I'm doing, to be honest. I'm doing. It's been a quiet weekend, which has felt nice. We got this really beautiful snow in New York, inches and inches of snow. So just been enjoying that and very busy week ahead. So just trying to lay low and get it together before heading into a busy week. How about you? I'm doing okay. I have been, like I said, in New Orleans for the past about a week. And then before that, I was in Columbus hanging out with my college friends. It has been kind of a hard past week, but also like some joy in the past week, um, getting to be around friends and uh, fam. And it's just been, it's been like a hard, but like a moment of just like being really thankful for the people in my life, to be honest. Oh, very poignant. Hard and thankful. Sounds sounds like reality. But yeah, glad you have your loved ones around you. So and glad that we get to catch up a little bit here. Yes. I mean, it's tempting to let a week go by without an episode, but uh, we always have things to say. So we're, <laughs> we're back. We're back even remotely joining, sitting around the table. I think one thing that came to mind Uh, We've been floating some articles back and forth to each other and just by nature of not seeing each other in in a few weeks at this point, uh, we've been talking about, you know, where are we spending time? Who are we spending time with? And what are those moments that we're stepping outside of the house and why? So I thought we could have a, a quick little episode to dive into places we go. Yeah, leaving the house. Uh, there's a lot to say there. I think starting with third places that have been like a very, very hot topic about, and all the articles that we've been reading, there's been so much discussion about third places going away and people not as having as much access to them. And especially post pandemic, so many places have closed, people's appetite for socialization has changed. And some people, not only their appetite, they have a fear, right? Like if you are someone who is afraid of getting sick or you have preexisting conditions, it's scary. So socialization has changed. Third places are dwindling. And we happen to have met at a third place, Dumbo House, as we said in episode one. So that's just one of our third places. But I mean, we have so many opinions and we promised we would get into those. So <laughs> what what are our opinions on Dumbo House? I'll let you start. I know I have some, but I'm going to let you start. We can start from an objective point of view. I'm on pause with them right now. I decided I needed a little bit of a breather. So I said, nine months, don't take that direct deposit from my account. And <laughs> let's let's be on pause and revisit in the summer. I would say this is, it, it was definitely a place that, you know, I can't quite tell if I've outgrown it or if the nature of how and when and why I socialize has changed. And then I also think Dumbo House as a location itself has changed. Um, a lot of that tied into into the pandemic. So I originally joined Soho House as a way to meet other creative people 
to get out of the house at the time I lived in, I think it was maybe a 200 square foot studio in Chelsea and uh, on the west side of New York and needed to truly get out of the house or get out of the room. And so it was a nice place to go meet new people, go to events that were about different topics that I liked and also have this sense of neighbors, the people that you're going to see with frequency in the same place. I thought it was a really nice way to form relationships and even just a sense of comfort and and being in that place. You know, after they reopened doors in what, like 2021, understandably, there are a lot of shifts within the location itself and in terms of how they operated, what limitations were, and also you know, what the social environment was like. Certainly not as many people are leaving the house in the way that they used to. There's also varying levels of comfort of how much someone would want to leave or their ability to leave the house and go into a space where there's just more traffic of people coming in and coming out from various places. I think I would have liked to have hoped that it was a place where it would feel like a reunion, coming together, seeing a lot of the same people having a similar experience. It's almost like a clubhouse where you've reopened the doors. And I don't necessarily feel that. And it's hard for me to parse out if that's because of changes within myself and what I'm looking for, if it's changes within the location itself. What do you think? It's probably a bit of both. Post-pandemic, some people have not come back to Dumbo House. I think some of it is the economics. It's not a cheap membership. It's not cheap once you get there. And so I think for some people with changes in jobs and layoffs and I think it's like one of those first things to go because it's such a nice to have. So and for some ways for people, it just became not worth it. As I sent you earlier this week, I was listening to a podcast I discovered on TikTok called The Stanza. And in that podcast, the host interviewed a former, I think she was a community manager or membership manager in the LA house. And she talked about, I was texting you, like she outlined my thoughts on Soho House exactly. Like she said it was her insurance policy. Like, and that's exactly what I tell people in New York. I don't, know that it's this robust clubhouse where I'm meeting everyone. I've met great people there and I socialize a lot there, but it is my insurance policy of like, if I don't have a reservation, because New York post COVID is like so reservation heavy. If you don't have a table somewhere, you probably can't eat there or it's a long wait. So Soho House is an easy audible to be like, we will go to Soho House to wait for our table, whether it's Dumbo, Meatpacking or Lower East Side. Like we will go there, wait for a table until we can go to dinner or it's somewhere to go after dinner or to just eat dinner. Because a lot of my friends are looking for a place where they can hear people talk, which as we've joked before, it's not always the case at uh, the Soho House locations, but actually it is sometimes too, where it functions almost like a coffee shop or somewhere where I'm popping by. So my relationship with it, I love the language of it's an insurance policy because to me, it feels that way. I've had it since 2015. It's a place that I can count on. It's reliable. It's not the most It's not the best food. As was said in the podcast, they don't have the best food and beverage program I've ever had, but I know I can get like those cookies I love and I love the burger and my little Eastern standard and like call it a day. Like it's old faithful to me. Like I know what I'm going to get. And to your point about running into people, Dumbo House, especially because it has such a diverse crowd, I always see someone I know in there. And so it's nice to go and sit. And if I can go by myself and I'm in the mood to like sit with my laptop and bang some stuff out, great. But like, guaranteed that someone will speak to me, um, whether it's someone I know in a close relationship or it's someone who is just like a friend I used to work with or like, you know, someone who's not really my friend, but we know each other. 
it's been more positive than negative for me personally, but I can also see why people are like, I don't need this, especially in this economy. It's expensive. Yeah. I'd say it's reliably unreliable. (laughs) I think I have a lot of hope for it because I've had positive experiences. That's how we first met each other. So I hold that very near and dear, but it is expensive and can be hard to justify. What I do like conceptually is that it's a place that can serve multiple purposes, whether it's meeting for coffee, you know, meeting for business, working by yourself, having dinner, seeing, you know, musical performance, going to an event, a speaker series. It could be a variety of things. And I do like that concept. You know, at a certain point, the the bank account doesn't love that concept and you just have to figure out if it's going to work or not. It's kind of like, has it changed or have I changed? I think for me, when I first joined, I was young. In 2015, that's the year I graduated college. So I had just moved to Chicago. That was a newer house. I was throwing my all into it because I was like, I don't really love the social scene. It's kind of like go watch Big Ten sports at random bars. And I didn't even go to a Big Ten school. So I was like, I need something else. And that gave me something else. But I put a lot into it. Like I was looking at the event calendar. I would go to events. I would talk to people. So I think something I realized is I can't expect the same stuff because that's not the same Shelby. I was like, I was there all the time. I was talking to people and like, I would go there for no reason. Like my friends went, we went to Kentucky Derby parties. We went to one of my favorite parties ever, their Halloween party, which was Playboy themed. Like we did everything there. So I think if I'm not using it that way, I can't expect basically a glorified restaurant to give me that energy. But I think about Labor Day weekend, went to the pool with a couple friends just for something to do. It's summer in the city. And I run into a friend from college who I run into at, at Soho houses all the time. I was at Lollapalooza in Chicago like a couple summers ago and she was there too. And so anyway, we speak and I see her Labor Day and she has friends from Ohio with her because we're both from Ohio. She's from Cleveland. I'm from Dayton. And what we went to Kent together and she has some friends from Cleveland with her. We talk in the pool um, the friends. She's like, oh, these are my friends. Blah, blah, blah. One of them wants to move to New York. I was in Cleveland this winter visiting my college roommate and a couple other friends. And I called her. I was like, hey, like, we're going to go to a bar, like come meet up, meet Amanda. She lives in, she lives in Cleveland. So every time I want to discount it, when I do the thing, it always gives back to me. When I get into the, I mean, we all know the service is mid, but when I get into the whole, like, what am I paying for? It's a glorified restaurant. It's like Shelby. Well, when's the last time you went to an event? Like I've went to some crazy events there, like Mardi Gras parties, like listening to Freddie Gibbs speak, movie premieres. Like I've just done so much cool stuff there. But sometimes I have to remind myself. I went to Catronada's birthday party there. I've watched Catronada DJ, Lizzo perform. Like I've seen and met and done so much cool stuff there that I think the programming's great. But I just got into a slump where like I know everyone here. I'm going to socialize and I stopped paying attention to the event. So I'm like, I think sometimes when it's not giving me what I need it to give, I have to remember what I used to do and how that's different. Fair enough. Nothing like seeing juvenile perform on a rooftop to get you out of a slump, right? Yeah, that was exactly. That was so fun. There's this element of the spaces that we've all, you know, known and loved. Have we changed? Of course. But then also there's I feel like there's this muscle memory that everyone is still trying to redevelop and also adapt to in new ways of how do we go out? How do we spend our time? Where are we spending our money? Where are we choosing to not spend our money? And I think that that's, there's a big evaluation of that going on for, you know, a variety of reasons, you know, starting with 
the pandemic, inflation, the way that everyone is exhausted and burnt out from work and just, you know, life in general in the world at large, all of these things impact how we want to spend our time and precious resources, whether those are, you know, financial, emotional, mental, social, a little bit of all of the above definitely changes how we perceive, you know, spaces that maybe at one point really did work for us. Yeah. And I think people have to do that constant assessment. I think there is a bit of need for people to have groups that agree with them. I think it's really hard as we continue to evolve with our friends, we evolve in different directions as we spoke about in episodes prior. So I think something that may have worked for you and a friend may not work anymore. Like you said, you paused your membership at Dumbo House. I still go. We're still friends. So I think it's also kind of finding okay, if that doesn't work for you, what does work for you? And I'm curious for my friends, like I'm curious to see what is working. Maybe I'll learn something. I've seen different membership clubs pop up across the city. A coworker of mine was talking about one in Bushwick, which I don't even know the name of, but I'm like, I think people are trying to find their people, which in whatever way works for them. And if someone's like the Soho house way doesn't work for me anymore, I'm like, go off. Like I'm open to that. But I also think I'm super sensitive to like, I need to go to a place and have a space. Like I have no desire to go to a coffee shop that I got up, got ready, put clothes on and there's nowhere for me to sit. Like that literally will irritate me. <laughs> like, And so I'm like, no, I need to go somewhere where I know I can sit down. I can get the things I want and I'm going to see someone I know. That's just my speed though. Other people are like, yeah, I go to my local, co-. like I live near um, a coffee shop in Bedside that everyone loves. And I don't really go there. I think I've been twice because I've gone before and I'm like, there's nowhere for me to sit and I'm annoyed. I just left my house. Where am I supposed to sit? I have a place that I love to go in my neighborhood. And I was joking with one of my neighbors that we need to have our own reserve chairs that have nameplates for us on the back because we don't want to go to the same place at least once a week or maybe, you know, two or three times a week and and not have a, a chair for ourselves. It doesn't make sense. Talking about third places and like the dwindling of them and just like leaving the house. I, if I'm leaving the house, I want to have a good experience. And I think something as simple as going to a coffee shop and like kind of milling about where there's like nowhere to sit is I'm like, cause I don't need to live, like leave the house. I work remotely. Like I might go to the grocery store once a week. Like I go socialize with my friends, but on just like my own volition to leave, to not have somewhere to sit, what's going on? Like I, That's the kind of friction I don't want in my day. Friction and also sometimes a little bit of like ego bruising. If you, you know, if you want to get out of the house and, you know, try something new or, you know, just have a change of scenery, whatever, you're like, okay, I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to, you know, I'll go out and I'll try that coffee shop. And then there's nowhere to sit. And you're just like, so I just did all these things and here we, here we are. It doesn't always leave you with the, with the best feeling. Which is why Dumbo House is still getting my money. If they want to be, if, if I was polled, like that's why I loved that comment of insurance. I'm like, it's insurance. Like if I know I can't go anywhere else, I'm going right there. That is fair enough. I had a friend that I saw yesterday who uh, we were going to get together to have some some days in the month where we get together and just like brainstorm um, some bigger ideas for things that we're working on. And she was like, so I may or may not be asking you this, A, because I want to do it with you, but B, also because of Dumbo House. And I was like, oh, honey, we're on pause. But all I have to say, Shelby, is I'm relieved that we can still be friends. It's so funny because there, it does have this like prestige where people are like, Ooh, like, I don't think so anymore in 2024, but like when I joined and like, I mean, I'm actually like, let's not downplay it. I think for some people it still has a little bit of a, a moment, but for me, it's never been that. 
maybe like when I first, first, first was going, I was like, whoa. But it is just a place where like, it's like cheers. I'm going to see someone I know, can have a little conversation, like maybe meet someone new through those people. Like, I just like, it's not hard. And I think that we're kind of going to get into this, but like I, my barrier to entry for social cannot be hard. When it starts getting hard, I'm like, I think I'm kind of out. And so I love that it's not, it's just not difficult. I'm not in it for the, "Mm, you can't sit with us if you're not in it. I'm like, these are people, know people I know, we have common interests, like, great. I love that Dumbo House being similar to Cheers. (laughs) But I feel you. I never, I joined... And maybe this, I don't know, maybe I, I didn't really understand the full story on how it could be kind of like a seen as like an exclusive institution, but I, I primarily wanted to be there to have creative community, to have consistency in, you know, seeing the same people so that I could develop friendships and, and get to know people and have that kind of neighborhood feel, go to events that were relevant to me. And yeah, to your point about convenience, have it all in an app so I can look and say, what types of things interest me? Oh, great. I have a full calendar this week of things that I want to do and people that I know will be there. How great is that? Are there any places outside of Dumbo House that you consider your third spaces? No, honestly, which is kind of sad, but no. There are a few bars I go to around my neighborhood, but they're not not enough for me to be like, this is my place. Like there was a, there is a bar that I was going to have my birthday party at, but I pivoted to another one. And so I met the owner and like, he's always in there. And so that feels kind of cheers to me, but I don't know the other patrons. Like I know the owner and the bartenders are very nice to me and I'll like go sit and go to their happy hour. Cause I'm telling you, it's like a three minute walk from my house. So I have that, but I don't go have a drink frequently enough for that to be like my third place. I definitely the Soho houses, not even just Dumbo house, all of them are like my consistent New York third place. Friends of mine have places around Bed-Stuy, such as bars and restaurants that very much are theirs. That's not the case yet. Yet, as in, is there interest there? <laughs> yes and no. I, I, it's funny, like we talk a lot about, I mean, we were saying how we send each other these articles and we have podcasts talking about friendship and, and getting out in third places. And sometimes I find myself I'm not going to say being the problem, but I'm like, I, I'm adding to this problem because I found myself in this really lucky pocket where I'm like, I don't necessarily need to leave my house to socialize with people. They will come to my house, as you said, or I can go to one of those three locations or, you know, a third thing when socializing with a friend, they might bring me to their third place. Like one of my friends loves the Chelsea hotel, like loves the lobby of the Chelsea hotel. I would never have gone there on my own volition. Like I used to live right by it in college when they were remodeling it. I always was fascinated because so many celebrities and cool stories happen there, but I would have never gone there just to go to have drinks. But one of my friends loves it, brings me there all the time. And I'm like, this is actually cool. I've run into some people I know there. They have really good drinks. Their staff is amazing, like much more attentive than our beloved Dumbo house. So I like when people, when friends bring me to theirs, because I'm I'm definitely not like an explorer of third places. What about you? What are your third places? Well, I love that. I love getting a peek into friends' lives when you get to see those places where they spend a lot of their time. Because if you're not living in the same neighborhood as a friend, for instance, you're just not, you're not going to see them that consistently. Like there's a big portion of the time where you're not together. And so they, you know, people do form their own little enclaves or ecosystems and it's cool to not be a part of that but then see 
you know, who they form relationships with, who's their local bartender, what's the, what's the coffee shop that they love going to and have a rapport with the person who works there. I, I love to see that. For myself, I would definitely say one big shift that has probably changed where I spend my time and how I spend my time, I guess many big shifts, but I'll start here. I think I've experienced a lot of change with myself and with my friends in terms of how we interact with restaurants. In New York, a lot of times restaurants are a place to get out of the house. And in a way, I almost feel like we were socialized to see see it as, okay, everyone has roommates. We want to get out of the house. We need to change the scenery. We can't all be in someone's house. So off to dinner we go. That's changed a little bit more now. Like I go to, you know, I go to your place, for instance, a lot, and you can host people and you can have a gathering of 10 people and we can all sit there comfortably. So that need for a space that can accommodate everyone isn't as critical. I also find that now there's this whole restaurant culture that I feel like I've just barely even scratched the surface of understanding how deep it goes. I was reading something the other day about how some restaurants are starting to have people cover up the cameras on their cell phones to kind of create this like exclusivity element. Interesting in my opinion. But now I think going out, there there is some friction there in my opinion. And I, I definitely respect and appreciate there are people who, if you're, you know, really a foodie and you want to go for like the food, the scene, the ambiance, the pictures, like that's great. That's a lot of fun. Not necessarily my personal ministry. So for me, I want to go out, catch up with friends, have a chill meal, again, not be agitated by the time we've gotten in the door because there's too many people in there. We actually can't sit even though we have a reservation, all those things. And by the way, everything is just so much more expensive as we all know. So restaurants I haven't been going to as much and that's been a big change in how I socialize. The flip side, I would say I've spent some more time you know, with friends in their home and trying to get people to come to my home. I don't think I live out of the way, but I think other people would say otherwise. I also like that it shifted my perspective of going out to dinner and it feels like a very special thing versus previously it was something that you could find yourself doing like two to four times a week and it didn't feel as much like a special moment. So I do like that kind of silver lining. So when it comes to restaurants, I fully agree. As you know, I do not like to spend my money going out to eat. A lot of the food is mid. New York has a great food scene, but like just what I said about the reservations, if we're just doing a weeknight dinner, like, hey, Catherine, want to catch up? And I'm like, let's go here. And it's like, it's I, but I spent $50 plus to catch up with someone who I'm comfortably, I'm comfortable catching up with at home or really anywhere. It just doesn't seem worth the money to me. I do love to go to dinner in New York where it's just like, you're in the mood to get a good cocktail. You want, you really like a dish at this certain place. Like there are some places where I just like to eat. So I'm like, I will go there with anyone because I like that place. More often than not, when someone asks me to go to dinner, I'm kind of like, meh. And like you said, it was just the, the way we all hung out. Like you meet for a Friday night dinner and you catch up with your friends. It's or someone's birthday. You go to dinner, like all those things. I'm actually happy that trend is changing because I was just spending so much unnecessary money. And I like to cook also and I'm good at it. So it's like, all right, I'm spending $50 on this like meal. And then... I also have to feed myself the rest of the week. So it ends up just irritating me. I'm like, then I have to cook the next day and like buy groceries. So dinner has become more special. The times that I am going out, it's usually somewhere I've been like dying to try or like 
something that I I love and is like an old faithful of mine. So and also shifting for me more to neighborhood spots. There was like dinner culture where we were going to like a sceney cute place to your point about like the pictures and the vibes, like let's get kind of cute and go to this place like in the village. And to me that shifted both because friends live in my neighborhood, but even friends who don't like my friends from the village come to my neighborhood and like sit with me and my friends in Williamsburg also pull like also pull up to Bed-Stuy. So even then it's like, let's try this place in your neighborhood because there's actually a lot of good food in Brooklyn. I am like Clinton Hill, Bed-Stuy border. So it's like so much good stuff to eat. So we do, we also will like just do a neighborhood place where it ends up being not a hundred dollars a person. And I'm down for that too. So back to the question of third places, I moved away from restaurants serving as that type of space. You know, I had a lot of changes in, you know, where I'm spending my time during the day with work. So I tried going to coffee shops. I didn't really love that. I, you know, you go somewhere pay $9 for a tea. And then again, leaves you with a little bit of irritation. So I found that like local spots in my neighborhood have been what's become my third places. I don't know if it's because of the weather right now and it being the dead of winter. I've definitely been gravitating towards one place that's like a block and a half away called Henry Public. And I'll go there sometimes for a drink, sometimes for dinner. And what I've really enjoyed about it is there's that proximity and location. It's very low stakes for me to go, whether it's just popping out of the house last minute, or maybe I'm taking a walk or coming back from somewhere and I decide, okay, I'm just going to pop in. Odds are I will know someone there. I always know someone who's working there. Some I know better than others, but always know someone who's working there. Most of the time, I know at least one other person who's a patron. So it's great to have that community feeling, catching up with people. You can circle back on the things that you've gotten to know about them in the past. And sometimes some friendships stem from it as well. You know, I like I like the idea of getting outside of the house to work. I have flexibility in my work schedule, not right now with jury duty, but generally to go work outside of the house whenever if I don't have calls or things like that. But but I actually found that I prefer going out at the end of the day, you know, while sometimes working from home, as we all know, has mixed emotions around it and working in your living and relaxing space can sometimes have its challenges. I like going to my third place at the end of the day. It's a way to almost commute, put the workday to rest. It's a very natural talking point to the people sitting next to me and around me, whether you know, there's someone that I know and I can ask them, oh, how's that thing going? Or if it's someone that I don't know, you can always say, how was your day? How, you know, what happened? So it's kind of a, a very natural starting point to conversation. But at coffee shops, everyone's kind of in a deep work phase, heads down at the laptop versus if you're sitting at the bar of a restaurant, a lot of other people are there with one other person or by themselves, maybe everyone is there to talk for the most part. It's just an easy way to engage in conversation. And I've actually found over the past few days that I've had multiple work opportunities come from just going to my local spot to get out and socialize and kind of like decompress. So it has it all. I think it's good to find like a local place that you feel comfortable like just going and chatting. As you know, you have more of an appetite for talking to strangers than I do. But I do think there's something to be said about like those spaces where you feel comfortable, like whatever that space may be. It goes back to my original point, like your third place could be anything. It's like the same thing has happened to me at Soho House where like the first freelance job I got coming to New York before I had a job, I met that woman at the pool at 
so uh, Chicago. She was like, oh, like we didn't know each other. It's actually, we didn't know each other well. Little known fact, she was my tour guide on a college tour. I was on a college tour with my grandma. We were at Lake Forest College, which is a small school near Chicago. We were there and she was my tour guide. And then I saw her at the pool. I don't think she remembered. I mean, I too was like a tour guide at school. Like you don't remember all those people. And she was at the pool at Soho, Chicago. Like this is, I mean, I graduated college by this point. It's years later. And she's like, oh, I have a friend. The friend who she was with at the pool was like, oh, I need someone to help me with this event in New York. And I'm doing this and like you do events. And like, that was my first freelance gig. So like, I'm all for get a job, have some conversations. But I think my hindrance is like in a space I kind of know, like I'm not, something about my personality is like, mm, I need a baseline commonality. We both have agreed to be in this place. Like, and it doesn't have to be Dumbo House. Like sometimes it's, sometimes it's surrounding like hobbies I like, but I'm not really good at, for example, one of my third places pre-COVID was 305. I used to go to that workout class religiously, took over a hundred of those classes, met people, followed my instructors on Instagram, like had girls in the class. I'd be like, what class are you going to? And like my college roommate would go to it too. And I loved it. And I met all these people, but like our commonality is like, we love this workout class. Like I haven't quite found it with like, we love this bar. Cause I, I don't know that I have a bar I love enough to just like pull up to. So that could be like my growth to like try to try that because I, I honestly, haven't like I don't I, have, I don't think I've gotten a drink alone at my bar at a bar near me since I've moved here different strokes different folks and you know depends on what your day looks like as well like most of my work I'm not talking to other people so by the time the day ends I'm like okay I have to say I have to say a word to, to someone um so that that social need is more there than perhaps it is for you but I like what you're saying too about it isn't that easy to just like go in and be like, this is my spot. And also there might be this mentality of, you know, you find a spot you like and it's like, well, what if there's a spot that actually would be better suited to me? It's, it's a tough balance between making that commitment to give something a try, but then also it might not be the right thing. And your point about there being an underlying value or interest or hobby behind something makes a lot of sense. I know the other third place that I have is where I volunteer, read 718. I go there twice a week. I see the same people. I'm working with the same child. So that's definitely its own sense of community, you know, serves a different purpose and, and speaks to different interests of mine that maybe aren't completely intersecting with the things that I'm talking to people about when I go to Henry Public to like have dinner and a drink. And yeah, I know we talked about activities at one point, and I don't think either of us is really an activity person. I find it interesting because I have a friend who thinks I love activities, and I would say that kind of sounds like my nightmare. Like if someone's like, I really want to go to this paint and sip, or I really want to go to... I don't, e I don't even know what these activities are that people do because I'm not interested. The thing about activities is if we're already close, unless it's something I know we've talked about this, like something we really want to do is like an art exhibit. Like, oh, we both want to see this exhibit. Let's go. Activities I like to do with work people. I started a new job in August. And when I was working at Facebook, I also like to do activities with my coworkers. There was a ton of acti like activities that were offered to us. Like we'd partner with other ERGs, employee resource groups across like Google and TikTok and like other companies. And we would do stuff with them. For example, one, I think it's a Black History Month effort, but like a group of people at my job, they're going to go to the Brooklyn Museum to see the new like Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats like collection that they've put up. That's something I want to do. 
but on my own volition probably wouldn't make it there. Like if I'm, it would take me something. It's like very strange. I'll have to work through this in another episode, but I'm like, it's hard for me to do things alone. I feel like if I'm alone, I want to be at my house. Like if I'm alone, I want to be at my house. I want to write. I want to like do the things I need to do at home. I like to do other things, like get my getting out of the house is with other people. And so, but the activities I like doing with work people because it's an icebreaker. Oh, cool. I don't really know you that well. Like obviously like at work, these aren't my best friends. We often don't work in the same department. And so it's, it's a good, an activity is a good way to like look at art or like the last work activity I did this summer is we went to see the Barbie movie. And you don't obviously talk during a movie, but we talked before and like we talked a little bit after and we discussed the movie and I didn't know these people super well, but it was a good way to have something to talk to them about without being like, so how about like your work department? Like I'm not really super interested in that. So it is to me, I like activities with people where we aren't super close. So it gives us a jumping off point to maybe build a relationship and start having conversations that could have us building more because we've obviously signed up for this activity. So there's a baseline that we both like whatever we're doing. And so like, that's good that I'm comfortable with that. I have a really hard time for me. I guess it's, this is an unlock. I'm down to do stuff with strangers. If we have a commonality, like I signed up to go to a whole writing retreat with strangers. I didn't know those people, but I was like, sure. I'll spend a weekend with you because we are doing the same thing. I'm like sharing my writing with them, like totally down, but it feels so much higher stakes for me to like go in somewhere sight unseen. I don't know what's going on with these people. It takes like a little more time for me to get to it. And I don't always have that patience. Patience. That might be the factor at play here. And yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I think we should definitely dive into solo time and what we view it as and you know, what purpose it serves. And I'm so curious for all the listeners, what they think about solo time it's all about experimentation and you do have to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. There are some places that I've gone to and really liked at one time. And then the next time I was like, Oh, that was weird. So I don't know if I experienced an off day the first time or an off day the second time, who knows? And then it just depends, you know, do I have the energy or willingness to try going there again? Or am I kind of like, no, I'm done with that. And I think what I've learned is like, you have to gravitate towards spaces you want to be in like that 305, right? You like to dance, like music. So great. That, that already covers off on some of your desires. So be in the spaces you want to be in, but also accept that like, it's going to feel jerky at times, you know, even a place where I go into and people know my name showing up by myself. I'm still kind of awkward sometimes, um, you know, depending on how, how my day went or how I'm feeling in that very moment. And you just kind of have to like fight through it and see what happens. I think one thing that I've put forth for myself and also suggested to other people is having what I call a floption. So it's, you know, if you're trying something new, maybe let's say you wanted to check out a restaurant in your neighborhood, you don't live near other people, you want to go by yourself and and see how it goes. And, you know, hopefully make some friends that work there, meet some people that are sitting next to you, and you want to give it a shot. But it's always good to just have an option in case, for whatever reason, you're just not feeling it, it's not sitting with you, right? You feel a little bit awkward, or you change your mind, make sure you have something in your back pocket, something you're familiar with, something that you either, you know, like going to that space or like something that that space can offer that you can then take home. So in that case, maybe there's a bakery next door that has these amazing cookies that you love. Didn't love sitting at the restaurant, get the cookies, go home, worth a try, you know. 
that's how I like to think about it. It's a bit of a life raft, like the opportunity to just be like, that didn't work, but at least I got something that like does bring me joy in the meantime. It is something that I want to consider because there, I think the socialization, working from home, I'm just on so many calls. Like, so to your point, by the time, like your workday is a bit different because you're designing and like you're working on different projects, but it's more like independent. Whereas I sit and I have probably four to five calls a day. So at the end of the workday, if my mom calls me, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that right now. I could very much want to talk to her and have plenty to say, but I'm like, I just want to decompress, make a little dinner. So like if a friend wants to stop by, cool. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I need to go to the grocery store and like grab something. And not that it's far from my house, but I even have to talk myself into that. So I think the energy expended, like, I just think I like to be alone more than I, uh, accounted for. And I think maybe that's a COVID result too. The article that I sent you yesterday that my sister passed along was like, it's a business insider article that was talking about fringe friends, but it was saying how we spend a lot of time alone as people maybe too much, like people are getting dogs, people are staring at their phones. We all have a biases of our own lived experience, right? So I think it's like helpful to talk to you and helpful to talk to other friends about what does that look like? Friends who are coupled, friends who are not, friends who have you know, they're going in the office for their jobs because we all have different POVs. But mine is like, oh my God, I can't wait to be alone. But it's because I have like other projects. Like I'm writing, I have this podcast. Like, so when I'm alone, it's my chance to tinker and like do things. And so I'm not trying to fill that space necessarily. But I do think if I had less hobbies or like my friend circle looked different, I would probably be like, yeah, what am I doing? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just kind of like, so what's going to happen next? But I feel like my time is so every single time I'm doing nothing, there's something I should be doing that I'm not doing. So I think that is also a thought that I have for me. There's just a lot going on. That totally makes sense. I think one thing that I've learned about myself, similar to your realization about solo time, is that I love being around people. I'm still lean more introverted being around the right people gives me a lot of energy. And so um, I actually crave that a lot. And even when I was like managing a large team and on calls the entire day, like I still wanted to talk, <laughs> talk to people about things that were on my terms. So it's interesting to think about how the desire for solo time or desire to, you know, reach out and like, you know, meet new people or connect with different people has on, you know, how we view the spaces around us and, and where we want to spend our time. The one thing I loved about that article is I miss my French friends. Like I see them, but in a different way. Some of them have moved. That's just COVID. But like I was calling them in a past episode, like uh, I was calling them second and third degree friends. But the people who I do see at Dumbo House are like my friends of a friend who like sometimes invite me to a party. I still have those interactions, but it's different because we're not going out as much. That is one of the perks of like being more social. But I think COVID has changed me because I wouldn't say pre-COVID I didn't have hobbies, but they weren't as time intense. Like now it's like, okay, podcast editing. I want to write a book. I'm in like a book. I have a book writing coach and they're like meetings and there are modules that I'm like, do so I too get energy for people. I'm a big extrovert, but I'm also just like, I don't have time. I don't have the same time that I used to have. So I think it, I think solo time is interesting because I used to think it was people being antisocial, but I realized like the more time I spend with some of my friends, I'm like, you have things to do. Like that's actually what's just happening. Like, I don't think you want to be holed up. It's just like, sometimes when I'm with my friends, I'm like, I have so many things to do right now. I would love to talk about any and all things, you know, I could talk for hours, 
I'm, I gotta get this stuff done. So then I kind of like go into my hole. Solo time is is where the the sausage gets made. I would say I I tend to step out when I've had enough of that, and I'm like I gotta kind of refresh the brain so we can go back head back into that later. But there's you know we've talked about all these different places that we spend time or don't spend time. It all comes back to the people that are there. You know, even if you're showing up by yourself, are you meeting a good friend there? Are you is this a place where you're going to be interfacing with your fringe friends? And it all ties back to the fact that we need that variety. It can't just be ourself. It can't just be our family, our partner, our close, close friends. I feel like a lot of the discussion around people seeking community and friendship is kind of grounded in seeking close, 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 deep connections. But there, there's a lot of benefit and necessity in having the fringe friends and the people that you're seeing in the places that you love that cover off on a variety of your interests. So, but yeah, I'd be curious to know the spaces and places that our listeners find helpful and find enjoyable or changes that they've experienced in what places they know and love and go to. The email's in the show notes. So I would love to hear from the listeners on your thoughts and just like, our takes on third places, the third places you go to. And also, as I've said to Catherine, I've been in New Orleans for the past week and a large amount of my family lives here. My dad grew up here, both grandparents and family is a big thing here. You spend a lot of time with your family. My dad tells stories of like having over 30 first cousins and going to both of his grandmother's houses and like just being with people all the time. And also in Ohio, like that was my experience in a lot of ways, not my personal experience, but my friends like a lot of their parents are both from there, their grandparents, they hang out with their families. And I think that is in some way, some ways illuminated this problem, not only for us individually, because we live in New York, but across the nation, people aren't really growing. Families aren't as big. People aren't all growing up around their families. So I think that is why it gets a little jerky and weird. And how do we build community? Because if we look even a generation back, my parents' friends are their family. Like they do have friends they met at college, they do have some friends from high school. My parents are close with their families. So I am in a different way. There's less of them. I didn't grow up right by them. So I think there is this learning curve. There's COVID. There's like the learning curve also of a generation that has really has to important has to make friendship important, like has to prioritize friendship. I think my parents didn't always have that. So I think just kind of being gentle with yourself as you navigate these lanes, because statistically, and I'll have to find the stat, most Americans live within 60 miles of home. So a lot of people actually don't navigate these problems. They just hang out with their high school friends or their college friends and their family. And so it can be really, really hard. So I ask that people give themselves grace because this is not how it has always been. And there aren't a lot of people to, to coach you. So if you feel like you're flailing or you don't know where to go, I've been seeing also on TikTok so many like people who are like, let's do meetups, like men and women making videos. Like I just moved to Chicago. I'm a 23 year old woman. And like, I love doing this. Let's hang out. And there's nothing wrong with that because people are going, I've seen it across cities. My friend went to one in Cleveland. They went on this like walk. It was like a girls who were interested in having friends going on a walk. And she met people at that walk who she still hangs out with. So I think putting not too much pressure on yourself, doing what works for you. I don't like to go anywhere alone, so I don't do that. But I'd probably go to a walk. And like Catherine can go to a bar and meet people. It's just kind of like 
doing what works for you and understanding like this is a net new problem. So if you are struggling, it is not just you. Like a lot of people are like, how do I find my people? What's going on? And like the powers that be don't really know how to help us. So be gentle with yourselves while you're finding your friends. Be gentle with yourselves and know that when you do meet new people and form those connections, oftentimes it's a really lovely experience for both sides to kind of like have that ice melt and have that sigh of relief of like, oh, wow, this is really cool. I went out, I wanted to, you know, connect with someone and here we are, we're doing it. So patience and and grace as always. Yeah. And you'll find your lane, but just a little persistence. So wishing you all luck on your friendship pursuits. And I will be back in New York next week and hopefully IRL with Catherine. All right. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Table Pancakes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to drop us a line, our email address is tablepancakespod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.